Oh, you had an operation. <laughs> Tell me about it. I used to sound like Barry White. <laughs> <laughs> Publish a Book Podcast, where we speak with authors from around the world to find out how they transform their dream into a published reality. Here's your host, Adam Ashton. Today, I got to interview Dr. Rick Brinkman, who's just launched a brand new book. He's the author of five books in total. Uh, most notably, I think, Dealing with People You Can't Stand, which I reviewed uh, on my other podcast and we interviewed Dr. Rick about. So I'll chuck the link if you want to listen to that before this one to get a little bit of context. But Dr. Rick's brand new book, Dealing with Meetings You Can't Stand, and I'm sure anyone who works uh, in a corporate environment or in an office has been to more than a couple of meetings that you can't stand. So Dr. Rick's created, I guess, a new system uh, he calls it the meeting jet as a way to to make meetings more effective so you can meet less and do more. So check it out. Check out his brand new book. It's literally just uh, as I released this at the end of May 2017. It's just come out and it's well worth the read. If you, if you have to run a meeting or if, or if you have to be part of a meeting, this is definitely a great way to make those meetings uh, shorter and more effective. <laughs> Uh, should we start now? Yeah, whenever you're ready. Whenever you're ready. You know, uh, with dealing with people you can't stand, it focus on these 10 behaviors uh, like whining, negativity, attacks, tantrums, uh, know-it-all behavior. Uh, I think they know it all. People who act like they do, but they don't. Uh, then you got yes behavior, real agreeable, but you don't know where they stand. Passive people, nothing. People you never hear from them. And, uh, you know, snipers could be to the face behind the back. And what always came up is... Uh, that there was a particular context where, okay, let me just back up. How people act really depends on two factors, relationship uh, and context. Where are you? What's going on? And who are you with? Okay, well, the context of meetings seem to be a situation that pushes people out into the mm. danger zone behaviors very easily. And uh, so over the years, and I had to be on uh, various boards and things like that, I kind of looked at what are all the issues that come up at meetings. So some of them are people issues, like people who are being know-it-alls or people who don't, won't share what they feel or people who take you down tangents. But then there's other issues like lack of preparation. You know, why are we meeting in the first place? Uh, is this because we've always met every Monday from 8 mm. to 10? Is mm. this the best use of of time. For example, information should not be transmitted at a meeting. Uh, meetings are for interaction. Mm-hmm. Interaction. Now, you may have to interact on uh, about information, but in that case, the information needs to be read ahead of time, and then you come in and interact on it. Uh, Cambridge Psychological mm. Society found that the average person 24 hours after a business meeting only remembers 9%. <laughs> And of the get, and the nine percent of the nine percent, half is inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> that's no good. So, so putting putting out information in a meeting is absurd. People aren't going to get it. That's that's for paper. So, I mean, that's one thing. Do we have the right people at the meeting? So that all uh, or our agenda. I mean, is there an agenda? And is mm. an agenda 
so it's very clear what do you really want from me because if i if you don't orient participants at a meeting is what are you asking you want their opinion you want them to con- uh, consider any uh, pitfalls that we haven't thought of. If you don't orient them, they're going to just take yeah. you all to the place based on their reactions. For all right, sure. so all that's an agenda and all that's in that preparation category. And then we have, so we've got people, we've got preparation, uh, then we have process. Um, what will naturally happen in a meeting is uh, your more assertive people will talk and your more passive people, will you won't hear from them yeah, sure. because they will not compete to, to be heard. Mm. And uh, so uh, part of the process always has to be a balance of participation. Uh, we need to make sure everybody has the opportunity to contribute. And I, I call this having a queue, which is a speaking order. And you could have a voluntary speaking order where you go like this, and then what we do is we'd write somebody's name on a whiteboard. So you can see your turn is coming. And what that lets everybody do is kind of just relax a bit mm-hmm. and listen. So what, uh, without a cue, your assertive people are really listening for breathing changes, and when breathing changes enough, they leap in, yeah, that's and it. Like your passive people simply drop out. Yeah. Now, w- what I like to tell people in seminars is, okay, you have two eyes to see from two different points of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are actually different, but when your brain puts them together, you see three dimensions. Mm-hmm. So if we think of uh, the highest option at a meeting being what I call holographic thinking, where everybody sees everyone's point of view, we get everyone's point of view out there, we get a much richer mm-hmm. and more detailed understanding of whatever we're talking about. So going back to the analogy of eyes, if the passive people drop out from the get-go, you don't have the third uh-huh. dimension. If the assertive people are just competing with each other, it's <laughs> So that's something that's in that in that process category, and then there's uh, other things that need to be done in process. But so again, we're looking at the four big categories of issues. Uh, there's uh, preparation, there's people, there's process, and then there's time, mm-hmm. and that's uh, not starting on time, perpetuating this habit where people come late, and so some people are sitting there wasting their time, and then the next time those people wasted their time, we'll decide <laughs> screw it, I'm coming wrong time, and then you know, you know, so, or, or being unrealistic about how much time it's really going to take for an agenda item, so we're mm. uh, running over. So we have to take responsibility for, for time. And I found that all, and, and how I found this out was by doing surveys at seminars. And interestingly enough, they came up with a top 40, mm-hmm. uh, top 40 hits, greatest hits of <laughs> shit meetings. <laughs> But then once you know, it's easy to create a process that works, and I have successfully done that. It used to be called Meeting Magic, uh, and we just kind of renamed it Meeting Jet because in the book, all the a lot of the analogies are, are airline metaphors. Mm-hmm. You know, you the, the meeting to stay on course. You don't want somebody to hijack it. Yeah. Uh, you, <laughs> you know, you got to have some kind of air traffic control so people get clearance to to speak, you got to have flight recording so that you take notes in a certain way so that you can really follow up. And so it's now called the meeting jet. For sure. I love it. Uh, why, do, why do managers uh, love meetings? I feel like that uh, a lot of the meetings I go to don't need to be meetings. <laughs> why, why do they think uh, rather than, you know, rather than having a, a three minute one-on-one conversation, they have to have a 30 minute group meeting? Uh-huh. Well, I think because they didn't really think stop and think ahead hmm does this really deserve a meeting mm. and they might not even know the criteria consciously of what deserves a meeting what mm. doesn't deserve a meeting mm. they might think you know okay i got a somebody my banker 
yesterday told me he's at these meetings and there's a handout and what they do is they just read from the handout <laughs> to, to the group. Now I didn't go a little deeper. It, it seems insane, but if maybe there's some compliance issue where you got to make sure that people have read it in some way. So that's why they're doing it that way. But that's stupid because people are sitting there like this and they're spaced out and they're not getting it. Mm. So it would be better actually if they forced them to, Oh, you got to read it ahead of time. And then they had a fun, playful quiz at the meeting. (laughs) All right. What are the three things that can land you in jail? (laughs) (laughs) If they did something like that, everybody would probably really be conscious. So, (laughs) In answer to your question, it's probably because the person isn't even questioning it in the first place. It's always been that way. They don't know the criteria, but my book is going to make it really simple for everybody. And that's probably the the, that's probably the other thing is the uh, you know the online uh, the email calendar system books in you know half an hour time slot, so every meeting has to be half an hour. Yeah, exactly. I hear that so often. That's that's one of those top 40 in the time category. And not only does it do that, but then you have a meeting starting and ending at the same moment. Mm. So there's no travel time. So you automatically set up some people aren't going to arrive on time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I guess you're saying what, what are the criteria for meeting? So why should people be uh, meeting? What's the, what's the most important reasons for having a meeting in the first place? The most important is interaction. Uh-huh. It's all about interaction in some form you know we're analyzing ideas or we're brainstorming or we're discussing the pros and cons of a certain thing uh or uh here's the new policy so we would have gotten the information ahead of time we would have read it and then we would go into the meeting to discuss the policy or the implication so interaction mm-hmm. is is the key and then you got to do kind of a a, a, a cost benefit um analysis in the sense of okay but is it worth the valuable group time every one of us has 10 million things we're not doing when we're in a meeting yeah and are are those things is what we're going to do in a meeting and so when you think about it if you put let's say just even five people that's five times the 10 million things we're not doing is this really the most efficient way to do it Mm. is a meeting most efficient way to do it you know maybe your boss when in the example you brought up would go well you know actually Talking to Adam for three minutes, boom, message. Yeah. Questions, probably get more uh, answered. Any specifics he had, three minutes, three minutes, three minutes among my team will not only maybe take less than 30 minutes, but be much more uh, effective. Too. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And that's your, uh, your subtitle meet, uh, meet less and do more, which is definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely uh, I think, what everyone's I mean, feeling I think like. Meetings are important, but they got to mm. be run. You got to have a process. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, can we delve a little into each of the the four things? Uh, okay. So, you sort of mentioned the the wrong way to do it. In terms of preparation, what's the what should we be doing to prepare for meetings to make them effective? All right. Well, we first of all we we, we ask is this or the proper use of a, a meeting? That's mm-hmm. the first question we always ask. And uh, I love there's a story in the book uh, that I would tell in seminars at this point when you question things. It's a, about Lama Dung. And that in the as World War II started, uh, the United States was making a lot of planes, getting them over uh, to Great Britain. Uh, but they were running into a problem of not having enough llama dung, because llama dung was used to treat the leather seats in the fighter and bomber <laughs> aircraft. And the reason that the U.S. did that was because that's what the British did. That was the specs that were written for that kind of leather. Uh, but so, uh, but finally, they 
uh, Roosevelt got on the phone with Churchill. They had a little red phone that was a direct line to each other. And he said, when are you going to get your more planes faster if you can explain the Lama Dung thing to us? And he says, pardon? I'll get back to you. And he <laughs> investigates the trail of Lama Dung. And it turns out that uh, it was way back when the empire was in a rapid expansion. And they had all these new uh, partially trained horses and brand new leather saddles. And something about the smell of leather saddle would spook the horse. <laughs> <laughs> but if you rub the saddle with llama dung, it calmed the horses right down. <laughs> so, oh, hundred some years later, rub the seats of fire bomber craft, aircraft with llama dung. Look how calm that B seventeen is. <laughs> and we got boys over here going, pilot to co-pilot. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> it's strange, oh, but gosh. strange, but true. So, you got a question <laughs> existence. <laughs> Number one, you got a question existence. And then number two, you do that kind of cost benefit. Is this really the most efficient way to get it done and the most effective? Or maybe mm -hmm. I go personal. And then from there, let's assume it is the right thing. Now you got to have a great agenda. Uh, mm -hmm. You have to have a. Uh, and I would say there's there's six things that are in any agenda item. Of course, we have a title and we have a time. Now. In general, let's talk about time. This moves us a little bit into the time category out of preparation. Mm. I think you should start meetings at weird times, mm. like in 07. Yeah. Uh, and that two things will immediately happen. It'll stick in people's mind. And at the same time, they'll do a calculation. Well, if it's 10.07 and I'm over here, how long is it going to take me to walk over there? Mm. So that's one thing. And then from there, you would uh, make your agenda items realistic. If uh, it's 10.07 and I feel like I need... 12 minutes okay so that i go from 10:07, and this will go till 10:19, mm. uh and keep those times and of course when you're making times for agenda you got to be realistic and there's a learning process here and you should always take notes about uh, in a meeting how long things really took basically because mm. then over time you're going to have a much more realistic sense of how long certain subjects are sure. discussions okay so but all right, so you've got the um, you've got the time, uh, you got the title, you got the time. Uh, who is responsible? Is somebody taking the lead on this? Uh, what is the process we're going to use? Okay, so uh, Jane is going to do a, a ten minute presentation. Then we're going to have five minutes for question and answer, and then we're going to get into a twenty minute group discussion about what we think. Da -da -da -da. Mm -hmm. So we lay out the process, nice. and then now here, here's where the, the and a lot of times that's on the agenda. But here's the two things that are so important that are never there purpose why mm. is this item so important that we're taking our time to do it so within in one to two sentences maximum the point of this yeah uh, so let's say we're, we're moving our office and uh okay and we're having we're going to have discuss the purpose of this one agenda item is to create the uh have the minimal negative impact on your workflow uh -huh. when we the office that's why we're Nuts. all here <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, and then the next part of the agenda is, well, what do you want from me? Mm -hmm. Oh, what we want from you is to consider the projects you have going, consider time of day and schedule, and is there a optimum time where you would be least disrupted or a, a particular day where you'd be least disrupt, disrupted? So consider your schedule, and then when you hear how it's going to work, we're going to want you to match that up. So that's what you want from me. So now I'm coming into this meeting oriented to really discuss things and not be taking us down weird tangents. Mm. Nice. Well, why, don't, why should we have the office move? La, 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 la. <laughs> that's not on the agenda we're, we're moving <laughs> we're Good. Dis that disruptive so 
Okay, so that's those are the uh, so the agenda item, and then last but not least, you have uh, and who's doing what and when. Nice. That's the future now. So anything that was discussed, any decisions we made, we would summarize it there, and that's a good way to uh, also have a quick notes uh, from a meeting. Yeah, I love it. Uh, and in terms of in terms of people, I loved your book dealing with people you can't stand. I, I was just checking yesterday; it's still uh, every time I read a book. I try and uh, try and put it in order in somewhat. So that's still definitely uh, well and truly in my top 10 there. Out of, All right. I think, I've, I think I've, I'm up to about 120, 130 books. And yeah, so it's still in my top wow. 10. I just love that. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that It was such a good, uh, just that one, almost just a quarter of a page diagram that, t- that tied everything together. It was just so, so powerful, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> The lens is in the new book too, because oh, we had to. Yeah. What we did was we, well, not we. I'm used to talking as a we for co-authors, but it's me. Uh, <laughs> considered what are the, what are these behaviors do at meetings? Like, mm. can we go through the lens? And, yeah, please, I'd love to. <laughs> okay, so, all right, so uh, one very obvious one is know-it-all behavior. Right? This is when somebody really knows a lot, and there's ego there too. So they're always happy to tell you how much they know, and they will dominate meetings, go on and on and on take you down tangents. Uh, so that's the problem with know-it-all behavior. They mm. just dominate and they shut everybody down and they waste a lot of time. Mm. Then you got think they know it all where somebody is acting like they do, but they don't. So they're still <laughs> going on and on and on and wasting time. They're still taking you down tangents, but even worse, they don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> so, I mean, you, they can make a bad idea sound good. And before you know it, everybody follows them over a cliff and into the sea. So those are those two behaviors. Then we have uh, whining and negativity. All right, whining is a feeling of being helpless. Negativity is hopeless. Um, negativity <laughs> is a little more sure of itself. It's got all the arrogance of a know-it-all, seduced by the dark side of the force. <laughs> Won't work. We've been there. We tried it. Nothing's ever going to change. Every silver cloud is dark lining. That's more <laughs> negativity. Whereas whining is like, oh, it's more of a helpless. But maybe I annoy you. You can do something. But. What they have in common at a meeting is they're going to just look at everything that's wrong with an idea. Mm. Why are we moving? Why are we moving in the first place? We shouldn't be moving. It's just going to be uh, everything on the negative. Uh, Then you also have the judge, and the judge is coming out of that same area, the lens of get it right perfection, but the judge is more nitpicky. Whereas whining and negativity tend to be generalized. Everything's wrong. The move's not going to work. This one's more like, well, but this and this and this, but it gets focused on details that are unnecessary. And so, again, it wastes time as well as being mm. its negative details. The others are generalized. Mm. negative. So they get those guys. Then um, we have snipers, people who will make comment. It could be uh, sarcastic and really meant to cut somebody down or it could be a playful you know, tease. Mm. Uh, but here's the thing. Human beings can only pay attention to seven, give or take, two things at any one time consciously. We have a conscious spotlight. So if somebody makes a snipe, pew, there, you know, off goes the spotlight and our focus is now mm. disrupted. I, I sometimes, you know, when I, and again, thinking in terms of holographic thinking, I imagine people as if they're lenses that are beaming this energy and mm. the trick is to get all those energies to integrate and be in focus. And if you do, that's where you get these really cool, great ideas that take into fact account so many factors but if she focuses off and being disrupted well that's the problem with, with sniping so i mean if it's malicious of course everybody's like <gasps> but even if it's friendly it's still mm. a distraction yeah, okay sure. 
Yeah, so sniping. Um, then we, uh, who else we got? We got the tank. Finally, the tank has had enough. They're going to declare martial law. <laughs> All right, people, look, this is what we're going to do. Adam's on the phone. You're doing that. that, that and, okay. So they run over people, but, and it seems like they've got things done, and they do move things forward, but what they don't take into account is that everybody else goes into some stress reaction. Mm. People are going to leave that meeting and go, oh, no, another meeting like that. I can't believe you <laughs> Let me share the pain so you can feel it, too. So it, there's all these ripples of stuff that happen. And then you get grenade. Grenade is a, a complete tantrum. Let's face it. If somebody loses their cookies at a meeting, it's going to be And then you got these nice people who disrupt it because you don't hear from them. You know, yes, maybe, and nothing people. Uh, mm. They just really – they really don't say anything. They don't volunteer to speak. And if they do, all you get is, oh, no, I agree, or something like that. But you don't really know where they stand because they're trying to be nice and try to get along with people mm. and then of course so those are the problems that they bring in and and then of course one thing triggers another because if somebody makes a bunch of comments and being as a distraction the that could trigger a tank attack come on <laughs> a, up of this crap, huh? <laughs> boom and then of course if somebody does tank attack that triggers a bunch of nothing but now you've lost everybody right they're just like the deer in headlights uh and so one one thing to, or know-it-all behavior put creates a lot of nothing. So everybody mm. has all these side effects. Or maybe you know it could depend on positional power. Let's say one person goes tank. Well, if I'm lower in the hierarchy, then I'm yep. I might just get my revenge later by sabotaging it behind the back. Mm -hmm. uh, but if let's say I'm in equal hierarchy, suddenly we could have tank-to-tank -tank warfare <laughs> in the middle of this meeting. So. Each behavior d disrupts and then affects others, which disrupts, and it just gets exponentially uh -huh. uh, worse. <laughs> Gosh. And as you said, it's just a, it seems to be that media environment that pushes everyone uh, from the inside to the outside to that danger zone of the lens, yeah? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Gosh>. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and the, I think the other thing we'll just, uh, if, we, if you wouldn't mind talking about time, we touched a little bit on time. Uh, and some yeah. of the time, time things. Is there anything else in time that we need to to improve upon, or we sort of cover? Well, I think we should always start on time and end on time. So you start on mm. time, even if the right people are not there. Uh, you start on time anyway. Yeah. And doing research for the book, I heard a lot of people where the rule with this company: the door gets locked, uh -huh. and you don't get in. Nice. Uh, you're not afterwards busting this person for coming late. You're not even saying anything. You just didn't. Mm. get there and you're not going to know yeah. nobody's going to catch you up yeah so and that gets people to be start being more responsible i think you've got to end on time even if you're not done mm. we're going to end on time anyway and again this the, that becomes the learning process and why you want to take uh, clock your agenda and see what it really took yes yeah. or you know it you'll be unbelievable how you could end on to the minute end on time and really get it all and all done uh so that's and then anytime somebody's going to speak, there's got to be a time limit. Uh -huh. You don't just get the floor until mm. God knows. So uh, if we were doing some sort of queue, uh, now I mentioned earlier uh, a volunteer queue, and, and we, what you do is you put people on a whiteboard so they see their turn is coming. But what I didn't mention before is what I think is even better is a circular queue uh -huh. where we're just going to around the room, and that way everybody knows 
then this is just going to be the speaking order for the meeting, you know, and you make it up, you put it on the agenda, alphabetical by first name. Maybe next time it's alphabetical by last name. You change it up, but you have a speaking order. It's predetermined. If people don't have something to say, they just pass, and, and you go around. That really is especially good if you have a lot of passive people because it really forces mm, them forces to, to take it. Yeah, and then you could even be a little strategic in your speaking order, like put the passive people first uh-huh. in the speak before the assertive people. Uh, but you got to have a speaking order, and um, uh, related to time, and there's always a, a time limit, you know, two minutes or one uh-huh. minute or something. You make the point, and I find that people don't have any trouble putting their point into one minute. Uh, so that's that's that relates to time. Always got to be a, a time to speak. Fantastic, cool. And I'm also I'm curious about uh, the book uh, itself as a as a as a whole. So this is your fourth book or fifth, fourth or fifth. Well, fifth. If you count, there was a derivative where they took people you can't stand. They kind of made like a a, a handbook out of it, uh-huh. it's a fifty-page handbook. So it's. We're, we have hard time, is it that really a book? It's a book. And like, write it. We already wrote it. They just took point of it and summarized it. So it's five or six, depending on how you want to think yeah, about cool. it. I'd like, this is five in terms of what I think is nice. a real book. <laughs> and uh, so what are you up So you had uh, Life by Design, Dealing with People yeah, You Can't Stand, Dealing with Relatives, and which one am I missing? Love Thy Customer. Ah, uh-huh, nice. Fantastic. And how did this book come about? The, this new one? Yeah. This, the, yeah. The, the meetings book? Yeah, correct. Well, the meetings book, you know, I've, I've been teaching seminars and so forth for so many years, and I got on a board of directors that had a lot of bloodshed. Actually, Rick Kirshner was on that board, and then okay. he had to fall on his sword and resign, but the last thing he did was kind of bring me in, and, uh, uh, well, I became, long story short, I became vice president on that board, and at first they were like, Nobody becomes an officer before I get out of here. But then when they got, I, I'm really a neutral person. I don't know what your issues are. You uh-huh. know, even Rick hasn't told me what your issues are. So I don't have an opinion yeah. formed. But what I do have is process. Nice. And, I, and I have time. I was doing seminars for the Navy and Pearl Harbor and the, you know Naval Supply Center and all this. And they were like, well, it's complicated. I go, I hardly think you're more complicated than the U.S. Than yeah. Navy and Supply Center, <laughs> Pearl Harbor, nuclear submarines. I, I've been there, done that. Yeah. So – so then I did what was like a, uh, I just started interviewing people. I got on the board of what happened. How did you butt heads? How did you feel about it? And I saw, you know, I kind of diagrammed it out. What event creates the other, creates the other. Like, let's say um, uh, you and I are talking on the phone. We're board members and we get a great idea. And then we just start moving forward on it. But we didn't tell somebody else on uh-huh. the board who has even expertise in this area. So how would they're like, why would you not talk to me? I do this professionally. Now they're thinking that we're kind of going behind their back mm. and not that we're in, we are, but we're not intending it that way. We just got excited and, and moved off because we didn't have a clear structure of who you need to inform and how yep. you move forward. So it became very obvious what had to uh, happen, and so we made uh, rules uh, and it was flow diagrams. Okay, every project has three people. Uh, for every, uh, you get a clear criteria of how much leeway you have to make decisions. Uh, what are the criteria that must go back to the board? For example, in that case, it was a change in policy of some sort uh, or would be perceived as such. It was going to cost money outside the budget already allocated or if it had legal implications, then it's got to go back to the board. Mm -hmm. So you knew what you had to do and then we wanted it to be unanimous on every step of the project. So if 
two of us thought we should do it, and I thought we didn't, but I'm like, ah, oh, that's okay, I'll go with you guys, that's fine, that's fine. But if I go, no, I really think we're making a mistake here, then we had a clear process where I could bring this back through a, a, a process with the board to have a decision made, mm-hmm. so instead we don't have to even bother butting heads about it. At, and also I taught them about criteria, you know, why people think what they think is really based. They're trying to satisfy a certain criteria set and you want to extract that. So people started listening to each other on a much deeper level uh-huh. as well. And then uh, implemented this structure where, you know, all right, you have to have uh, all the agenda stuff I told you about, uh, the speaking order and something I've alluded to but haven't talked about that's really important is flight recording. And mm. this is when you actually record uh, the points people are making uh, visually so they can see it. Uh, so Michael suggests we should have a committee to explore blah, 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 uh, the flight recorder committee to explore blah, blah, blah. Now, she, let's say the flight recorder would summarize what Michael's saying. He might have a lot more words, but she best, as best summarizes it. Yeah. Now, if Michael think something needs to be added then he simply says and mary would you also add that that committee should be from the house of delegates and not the board uh-huh. if michael does not say anything then we assume that flight recorder captured it accurately yeah so so now here's the thing visual communication which is something that you see has two superpowers that auditory doesn't one is it remains over time mm. so if i'm michael i make that statement about the committee i see it i see you see it Five minutes later, I still see it. I still yeah. see you see. Ten minutes later, <laughs> so that alone reduces repetition yep. at a meeting. Because sure. if I have an, a point that's important, but we're not visually recording, I'm going to say it a number of times to keep it in awareness. Yep. So that's one thing uh, that, first of all, visual remains over time. But then the second superpower is you see totality of concepts. You know, everybody's contributing as we go around the room. We start to see we, now we got these ten bullet points, mm. and suddenly we're seeing the hologram because uh-huh. we see everybody's factors together. Yeah. If it's just auditory, auditory is here now and gone. Here yeah. now and gone. Here now and gone. You can't sure. do that. I mean, some people who could have. I bet Einstein could do it. He was an expanded thinker and could visualize <laughs> internally, you know. But it's better to have a, have a whiteboard or a flip chart or a computer hooked up to a monitor. That's absolutely critical. I mean, if I if I had to pick three things that are the things you got to focus on, you got to have an agenda, you got to have a speaking order, and you got to have flight recording. And uh-huh. that's okay. how the magic happen. That's the top three. Okay, nice. Yeah, cheers. Um, and was this. Uh, so just back to the book. Was this your first uh, solo book or no? Yes. Yeah. Cool. First solo. So you that normally, was yeah. So you normally have a, a co-author, the other Doctor Rick. Uh, yeah. How, well, how how was it having done four co-authored and then doing your first solo one? What was the what was the difference? I guess. Uh, well, it's all dependent on me. It's like, mm. oh, da, 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 da. yeah. Because we would have in our writing style when we would write, we somebody would do as much as they could and then they were like i'm not sure what to do about it and then we'd go okay uh-huh. time to hand off here you go nice. and then he would go, oh i know what to do about it da, da, da. hand yep. off <laughs> so we, that was one thing we had this handoff thing when we were stuck the other thing was i was very um um the person who brought in the logical order okay uh-huh. these are chapters and this is what the steps that should be in the chapter and in the paragraph, these are the points that need to be made uh-huh. I, I had that where he was the writer i mean i okay. could stand writing uh but i know the logic uh, of yep. the situation so that's where yep. we blended really well and um he he said when he wrote his uh first book alone he was really missing that uh logic yeah. thing uh-huh. big time 
And so for me now, it's like, oh my God, I got to actually do some more, more, all this writing. I, writing to me is like sitting in the middle seat of an airplane. <laughs> just, it's just so slow compared to, and I'm a feist typist, but it's still slow compared to how fast the thoughts are going. Yeah, for sure. But I learned, you know, to dictate into the computer. That's a really good way to start because then you're okay, already yeah. on the editing phase. Uh, then uh, what I did to inspire myself, I I bought a little um, Mac book. I'm definitely uh-huh. a Mac fanatic yeah. because then I want to play with it. And that's yeah. what its job was: is to do the writing for this book. <laughs> <laughs> but also, from a practical aspect, I hadn't been getting upgraded as often as I used to, and this lets me work and coach, and to type and coach was no big deal. Uh-huh. So uh, it, the, the writing part was more challenging, but it was also a relief, too, because uh, Rick was is a little more wordy and flowery and likes yeah. to do things, and I felt this book, especially because it's about meetings, needed to be simple and to the point, and here it is, and here's the checklist, and here's the bullets, and here's what you do, one, two, three. Yeah. I mean, it should be like, the book had to read like a meeting should be. Yeah. Very clear, not you're in a, a deep thing of text. And I, so I'm really pleased with how it uh, came out. It was uh, it was more challenging, but then it was also fun to just make all the decisions too. Yeah, fantastic. That's, all, <laughs> that's it. You, you get all the responsibility, but you get all the control as well. That's, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then the cartoons were really fun because uh, uh, I decided to, you know, one picture's worth a thousand words and a video. So I went into my studio and I would just start acting out what I thought should be. All right. Uh-huh. So like for the cover cartoon, all right, imagine it's a long table like this. Uh, so you're looking and uh, um, to your to your side, there's a guy on the table. Uh, <laughs> no, there's a guy on the other side of the table like this. He's asleep and there's drool coming out of his mouth. <laughs> What you're seeing is the back of a guy holding a camera, and you can see the guy with drool. This one's taking a picture. You see this woman at the end of the table here, and she's checking her phone. And so I was able to act out all this <laughs> for the, the artist, and we it was great, a great way to do it. I, yeah. It would have been such a pain to do it any other way because she got it right away, and we were able to really move forward, and what she came up with was just fabulous. I love it. <laughs> That's too funny. I love it. And how long did the did the book take you? And how long has it, I guess, been in the works, this one? Well, yeah, this one actually I sort of wrote uh, after I got off that board. I spent seven years on that board, three years vice president, three years president, one year past president. That took me through 99 and then I wrote this book, but it, we couldn't get it um, anyone to pick it up. Okay. One, one dinky publisher, but not anybody that I really wanted to. It would have been buried there. Yeah. And so at that point in 2000, I did. I wasn't into self-publishing, so I kind of uh-huh. sat on it for a while. And then uh, as time rolled on, now self-publishing is a whole different story. Yeah, for sure. And, and you can really create a really professional book. And I can – I mean, I right now I have some books on – create space and i can buy one cheaper than i can buy a thousand yeah stanford mcgraw hill per book so uh i decided i would self-publish it but then a weird thing happened um wiley contacted me wiley one most significant business book publishers which on one hand was an honor on another hand it was a real sign of how deep shit the publishing industry is in because they're <laughs> reaching out you know they have, and they're looking for authors and people speakers who have a wider net so they could sell books yeah and i wrote up a proposal for them and then i need they need some information so i contacted mcgraw hill because i didn't have my editor was gone already and i met the two people who are now in charge there 
And then I, I said, oh, I sh- I'll be in New York. Let's, I'll come by. We'll meet each other. And then the day before, I heard from Wiley that they didn't want to do it. So I rewrote the proposal from McGraw-Hill, sent it to him, and had this meeting. And they were like, we love this. <laughs> we want to. I go, hey, I, I was talking to Wiley. Oh, uh, you know, no. Uh, I, I go, but you guys have to, I have to be honest with you. You guys have rejected this twice already. Yeah. Just twice it came up and, oh, we love this. And it went to a committee and who knows what happened. Yeah. <laughs> One really funny thing was I had a vice, new vice president, McGraw-Hill. He contacts me. He says, I'm a big fan. I've loved your people who can't stand book forever. And they changed my life in certain ways. When you're in New York, let's go out to lunch. So I go out to lunch with him. And he's like telling me these stories. And then he says, I got these problems at work. And he explains what's happening at meetings. And I say, well, all you need to do is this. And I tell him, da 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 He goes, oh, my God, that's brilliant. I can see how that's going to work. Do you ever think about doing a book about this? <laughs> yeah. He hasn't it. <laughs> so he's like, oh, no, no, we're going to get this done. We're going to get this done. So then it goes into committee and, <laughs> and nothing ever happened. Uh, okay. so, but now, so now it just, I guess this was its time. Yeah. And, and Yeah. So, so, so in answer to the question, how long did it take? Uh, I don't really know the initial writing back then. No. You so know, this is 17 of, years ago. Basically, that you pretty much were yeah. you know, 16, 17 yeah. years ago. But then there was a lot that needed to now change uh-huh. that got uh, virtual meetings, you know, how you apply uh-huh. this to virtual meetings. So there are new chapters that need to be written and ones that need to be rewritten. I did keep a spreadsheet uh, and I did 110 hours of writing okay. on, like to this, take it from there was something there already to the hand it into McGraw Hill, 110 okay. hours. Then I'm sure I had that kind of amount of time on editing stuff that came uh-huh. back that needed to be done, but I didn't really keep. I wish I had kept track of that, but yeah. I didn't. Okay, that's interesting. That's actually, I suppose, because you already had it there. It probably seems um, not as long as I would have thought. I suppose it is still a long time, 110 hours. Yeah, that's um, well. What would that be in days? That'd be five days, 24 hours, and you're not going to do that. So really. No. It's more, <laughs> Probably like twenty something days. Yeah, really. If you if you were writing five hours a day, or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Nice. And um, okay. Yeah, I didn't realize it was uh, it was a, a book that you'd done a long time ago that you that you brought back to life. That's that's cool. Yeah, it wasn't a complete book back yeah. then, but there was a lot of stuff that was written down already. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. And uh, so you five five books in. So you you love writing books. Is there more to come? I don't know. I'm not crazy about the process of writing, but uh, we'll see where this goes. It, what I want to tell is my parents' story. My both my parents are survivors of Auschwitz, and they okay, have a, yeah. a magical uh, story. And in fact, the last chapter in the book uh, does tell uh, about how they met. My mother's escape from death march. How they got back together. And it's quite a miraculous wow. story. The point of that is that they, through all of those miracles and the miracles in your life that brought us to this intersection, you now have this book in your hands and you have the ability to transform mm. your meetings and really bring a lot of value to the world. And I hope that you take that and make a difference. So, um, but the, uh, telling the whole story is that's my next project. Oh, nice. Well, the next project yeah. is marketing this book, but then yeah. the next creative one. be on that. Okay, cool. Yeah. That, that sounds like a, yeah, that would be a powerful story, I'm sure. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> And uh, sorry, so you, so you mentioned the the next step is marketing this book. What what do you have in store? I guess uh, what does that look like if uh, if someone's looking to to market their book? What do, what does that mean? I must say that I'm a, a I never don't consider myself a marketer, and I hate that kind of stuff. But uh, what it means? Let me bring up a, 
Am, am I able to share a screen here? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think if you go up the top, conversations, I think you can share screen. Okay. Uh, let's put this here. Are you seeing a yes. screen now? Oh, wow. All right. Okay, so uh, this is stuff that I've gathered from uh, from marketers and and uh, whoops, Whee. <laughs> <laughs> so there. Oh my God! Now it's going the other way. Hold on, I'm good. All right, so we got media, you know, uh, uh, like radio and television and print uh, media, and uh, that's where a publicist comes in. So I, I, I'm definitely I'm hiring a publicist that I've interviewed him on Tuesday. We'll make it a, a official. Yep. Um, there's the publicist uh, information here. Uh, podcasts are big. Radio magazines are not as much uh, because they're like months ahead they're uh -huh. already working on september uh television is possible i mean i've done a lot of major uh, national television because i'm you know entertaining so they tend to like it and then they always uh, media always love saying and we're today we're going to talk about people you can't stand and the two yeah. anchors would look at each other going, yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> meetings, have, <laughs> meetings have the same kind of thing going on uh, let's see, uh, YouTube putting out videos on, on, um, YouTube, like I did the cat video yep. it, since cats are popular, uh, putting out the, my email list. I've got about 12,000 something on my email list. I'm not sure what we're doing there yet. Cause you know, sometimes you want to get people to go to Amazon and in a short period of time, spike the book sales Yeah, because Amazon puts it out more. And so it sets up a, a, a momentum. Yep. I'm not sure if we're going to do that, but if you do, you then you have this, you know, bundle where you get they get two hundred dollars worth of free stuff. If they buy the book on Amazon and uh -huh. send you seed or something. Okay. So I'm not sure if we're going to do that or just go straight on that. Um, Institute for Management Studies. I do a lot of seminars for them. They're in 27 cities around the globe, and uh, so they uh, the book became their book of the month club. So 410 books got sent to HR directors all over mm, uh, right nice. now. I'm thinking about making a survey online uh, where you could rate your meetings, answer a few questions, and then get some kind of graphic representation of how yeah. screwed up they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, social media, you know, you got to put it on all those things. I'm not a big social media guy. I mean, I do have a lot of connections on LinkedIn, and I accept connections on Facebook, but it's not like I actually go there and do yeah. anything. Yeah, sure. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you put it there. Um I'm thinking about making some kind of emergency card, like like an airplane safety card, but that has the meeting uh -huh. role. Nice, because you have a flight recorder, you have a pilot, they're they're the timekeeper, and you have a uh, uh, air traffic controller. The roles and what to do if the meeting's hijacked, and you're yep. you draw it like. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not sure where that's going cool. yet. Uh, I'm probably going to make some sort of webinar, and yep. uh, uh, and if you know if a a group buys books for their team. I don't know if it's five or 10, then they have access to this webinar mm. uh, also. Mm. So those are That's some awesome. of the, the things I find in general, I got to ma uh, map it out in this kind of mind map 
yeah. to see the picture, and it really helps you to balance one thing or the other. In fact, anytime I get overwhelmed by anything, I usually just make a mind map. All right, what's going on? Yeah. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> now I'm uh, separated from it. Love and then, it. of course, it's put in order in a to-do list, a normal to-do list. Yeah, nice. The other uh, Adam Adam Jones, is uh, he's, yeah. he's massive on the mind maps as well. He's an engineer. So everything he does is mind maps. So every, uh-huh. every time we're, we're preparing for a, an author interview, it's always in a mind map. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, uh-huh. so that's good. Uh, Dr. Rick, I really appreciate giving the, uh, the inside scoop there of a bit of a behind-the-scenes look of, of, uh, of what, of what the, the plans are for the next couple of weeks. So that's really, uh-huh. that's really cool. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> awesome. And so what sort of, uh, I guess, uh, with the speaking and stuff, you're still speaking everywhere? And is it, oh, yeah, is the plan to in- include more uh, more talks on meetings? Yes. Yeah, so, well, in the People You Can't Stand seminars I would do, especially a full day, I would always include some meetings at the end, <laughs> uh-huh. maybe 15 or 20 minutes worth. And now I do have a, a half-day program that's more on the meetings. It still covers the difficult people, but just so you understand them enough to then understand how the meeting process prevents all the all the red danger zone behaviors okay yeah nice it nips it in in the in the bud yeah so nice speak. i love it is there uh is there anything else you wanted to you want to talk about um i don't know any other questions about <laughs> writing or books uh, um yeah i guess I, I think that's uh i don't know i think i'm just blown away by the uh by the the big mind map there <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think that's uh, in terms of in terms of writing books. That's uh, you, you've more than answered, beyond, gone way beyond what I was expecting. So yeah, <laughs> so I much appreciate that. Um, yeah, I guess the, my my only other question is uh, where should people go? Dealingwithmeetings.com? Yeah, dealingwithmeetings.com, which goes to it's uh, that's a page within my new website. Uh-huh. Uh, finally modernized, so it's all uh, flexible for mo- mobile. Scalable. Okay, fantastic. And stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah and nice. there's there you can download a uh, an agenda template in Word format. Oh, perfect. Uh, there are some other resources there. Uh, soon there'll be a, what I call the cage rattling template. That's a a template for a, a document you'll write to try to get something to change internally in your organization. And uh-huh. what are the uh, there's three parts to the document. And, you know, the first is like you get people uh, to agree on the overall intent. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then you uh, share a story with numbers so you've tracked some things you know for example let's say you start tracking all right i arrive at every meeting on time how much time do i spend sitting here waiting before we start yeah i take that i track that for a couple of weeks i multiply that by the number of people at the meeting if maybe i go to hr and i say can you give me a a general number of what that many people in a room is worth per minute yeah and i start doing math and what you want to do is create some shocking numbers Mm. so in the first part, you're getting people to go, oh, yeah, uh-huh, well, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. We care about, yeah, we care about saving time and saving money, oh, yeah. Then you get them to go, huh? Oh, my <laughs> God, are you kidding me? And, and then, now you're talking to an open mind, and the third part is where you present the idea. So that's a cage-rattling document, so I wanted to make that easy for people. And there'll be a template there shortly. Oh, nice, fantastic. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, Dr. Rick, thanks so much. Um, and I hope, yeah. the, I hope the new book does well. And, uh, and yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. You too. It's a pleasure being on the show.
listening to the Publish a Book podcast. We hope you learned something along the way. For more interviews with authors from around the world, subscribe to the podcast or visit publishabookpodcast.com.